Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. It's chapter 2. Now, here's an interesting thing that this falls on this weekend, is we are on the weekend of not only Memorial Day weekend, but we are on the weekend of the church starting. This church, our church, not Victory World Outreach, the church of Jesus Christ. Does anybody know what the name of it is? Shout it out if you know what day this is. Pentecost Sunday. Now, how many of you today were raised in a church denomination? Because we, we have a name, Victory World Outreach, but our church is non-denominational. That means we don't affiliate with a denomination. How many were raised in the Baptist church? Let me see your hand. Okay, quite a few. Methodist? No Methodist? My mom was Methodist, so I'll raise my hand for her. Lutheran? We had a Lutheran in the first service. Episcopalian? All right, we've got a lot of Baptists so far. Um, Presbyterian? Catholic? Okay, so I'd say the majority, Baptist, Catholic. There are no denominations in the Bible. Okay, we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to mess with your theology. Some of you have a lot of theology and some of you don't have any theology. So whatever you have, I'm going to mess with it this morning because, believe it or not, I want you to tell the person next to you, I'm going to watch you guys as you do this, I want you to look at that person next to you and I want you to tell them, do you believe, ask them, do you believe in Jesus? Do that, okay. Do you believe he died on the cross? Do you believe he rose from the dead? Okay, now, say, if you believe all that, Look back at that same person, and we'll mess you up right here. Say this, you're Pentecostal. Some of y'all can't say it. Amen? I'm Pentecostal, but I'm not Pentecostal because I go to a church that's Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal because the church that I belong to, that belongs to Jesus Christ, started on the day of Pentecost. So if you want to be the most biblical in in your what you say you are, then you need to be Pentecostal because it says in Acts chapter 2, right here, watch this, verse 1. And, and right before, we'll leave it up, but right before we read this, stay looking at me for just a second. Remember, Jesus came out of the grave, met with everybody, and then he said, I want you to go wait for the promised. Everybody remember that? If you're taking notes, like a lot of do, Luke 24, 49, write that down, read it later. Jesus says, I want you to go wait for the promise. That's going to be really important, okay? So they go. Now, I may forget to say this later, so I'm going to say it now. I'm going, to, I'm going to destroy some stereotypes this morning. That's the way I like to teach. I'm preaching a message about the Pentecostal Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, but I want to teach you some things as well. How many in here know, and, and I did this a little freer, I think, in the first service with no live stream, but that's okay. It, it's not that I'm afraid of the live stream. It's just that I feel a little less pressure because I don't have cameras on me. Actually, the cameras are still on me. They're just not on me. How many in here today know how many people, shout it out if you know, how many people did Jesus appear to after he resurrected? Shout it out. How many? How many knew that? Good. It's good to know our Bibles. If you don't know these things, don't feel bad. Just read your Bible and watch Instagram a little less and Facebook and all the social media. You'll be amazed what you can learn. And in this Bible that we're reading that changes our lives and teaches us how to live, He appeared to 500 people, over 500, the Bible says. Now, on the day of Pentecost that we're seeing right here, the reason it's called Pentecost Sunday, the reason the church is called Pentecostal, is because Pentecost means 50. 
the day of Pentecost started 50 days after Passover. Okay? And this is a feast that the Jews celebrate every single year all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy and Exodus and Leviticus. Okay? So they've been celebrating it for thousands of years. And there's many feast of tabernacles, feast of first fruits, feast of Passover. This is feast of Pentecost. You've got feast of trumpets, which is coming up in September. All these feasts they celebrate are calendar days. And so this is Pentecost because it's 50 days since Passover. And so they knew that on the day of Pentecost, they were supposed to go wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me so far? Now, this is, this is a picture of what we, everything that you see today, you can always look back and see it in history. Today you would say, why isn't every church called Pentecostal then? Well, first and foremost, I'll tell you because people don't read their Bibles. Nowhere in the church did, does it say that the church was started. Some would say Baptist because John the Baptist was the one that came preaching first. But that's, man did that. You get Methodists, you get all these other names from all these things where people along the way have said, Let, we believe this, this is our name. How many want to be the most biblical Christian in here? Eye for an eye, T for a T, every word, literal. That's what we want to be. Okay, So we don't affiliate with a denomination, we affiliate with the Bible. We consider ourselves full gospel believers. Every word of the Bible, okay? And so it started this day as they were on the day of Pentecost. That's just the reason it started that day is because that's the day the Spirit fell. So on that day when it had come, the Bible tells us that 120 people were in that room. I'm very jealous of my cousin Rowdy who's serving here somewhere and Kendra who's serving as well. They have been in that room. Very jealous. I want to go there someday. They have been in the upper room where this happened, where the Spirit of God fell and the church started. And so in that upper room, the, listen closely, there was 120 people, men and women. How many people did Jesus appear to? How many people were in the day of Pentecost? Where were the other 380? Why weren't they all there? Because just like today, they were somewhere else. They may have been sick. They may have been busy, or they may have just not said, you may have just said, Jesus, I don't think your words are that important. I don't need that. Hello? I'm just giving you a theory. Because 500 people were appeared to, all 500 got the invite, but only 120 people showed up. And that's kind of how things work today. The people who show up get the credit. So 120 people are in this room, and it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and this is the day the church was born, the church we belong to, they were all with one accord. Now, it, the our Bible also teaches us that it took, and history teaches us, it took 10 days for this to happen. I believe the reason it took 10 days is because it took 10 days for them to get in one accord. It took, I mean, put, 10, put 120 people in a room and tell them to do something. It's going to take a little while to get them on the same page. Maybe that's what we need to do right now in the whole world is get everybody in one room. We might be able to fix something. Amen? So there's 120 there. Ten days pass. And, of course, that was calculated by God. So they were in there ten days before. And on the day of Pentecost, that's when the Spirit, God chose to pour the Spirit out. It says they were all in one accord and they were all in one place. Okay? Keep reading. And suddenly, now it was suddenly to them, even though it had been 10 days. They didn't know when it was going to come. Just like suddenly, Jesus is going to come back for his church. How many are going to be ready when he suddenly comes back for his church? Amen. And a, and a sound came from heaven as of a rushing 
mighty wind. It's amazing what you can do with a microphone. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Filled, that's the word, filled. Then there appeared to them, watch this, what's the first thing that happened at the beginning of the church in the place where they're supposed to be waiting for the promise, what's the first thing that happened? They got goosebumps. They did cartwheels. They jumped up and down. They ran around. They prophesied. What does it say they did? The first thing that happened as the evidence, we believe the biblical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is they speak in tongues. Okay? And there's many other verses in this in the Bible that talk about this. And it says, as a fire, whenever you hear somebody say, I want to be on fire for God. I want the fire of God to burn in my life. And it says, watch, one sat on a few of them. Is it a few? Each one of them. Now, verse chapter, verse 4, watch this. And they were some, what does it say? All filled. All filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, for the second time, began to do cartwheels. Began to tremble. Began to run around. Began to do push-ups. I know I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get you to understand. It's very, God's word is very specific. It says they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So on the day of Pentecost, 2000 in our calendar, 23 years ago, the church began. And when the church began, God said, I need this gospel to go to the ends of the earth. And the way I'm going to get it to the ends of the earth is my people are going to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1 says that will give, you can put the uh, title up, that will give them boldness to preach my gospel. Amen? And so a Pentecostal memorial is what we're going to talk about this morning. Because we, I personally am celebrating this, the, the memorial that my church family started 2,000 years ago on Pentecost that got me the gospel today to 2023 or 1992 when I got saved. The reason I got the gospel is because those 120 people went out of that room speaking in other tongues and preached the gospel so the gospel got all the way to Tucson, Arizona in 1992. And I thank God for that because I'm saved to date for only one reason, and it's a five-letter word, and it's grace. And you are too. Tell the person next to you, you're saved by grace. You're not supposed to be here. You're not even supposed to be here. It's by grace that you're here. Amen? So as we're celebrating this day, to make this simple, and, I, and a lot of times I preach this in a different message is you got to understand why, have you ever wondered, why tongues? Why, why, because here's the problem. Lots of people have preconceived ideas about things. Do you, do you, would you agree with me on that? A preconceived idea is, this is what I think, but it's not really what you think, it's what you've been told. A lot of times we think we're so strong in our faith, and our, we're so strong in the way we think, and ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, but I just want you to know that the way you think is totally how someone made you think. Totally. And that's why we believe that we can have the absolute truth, because what I'm teaching you this morning is not what I think, it's what God's Word says. See the difference? 
And so lots of people come into church raised a certain way, and thank God that somebody took them to church when they were a kid, grandkid, uh, uh, growing up, teenager, whatever, and got some kind of exposure to the gospel, thank God. But obviously there's a lot of different exposures. And as they learn these things, then they might come into a church, and you might hear, oh, that's a Pentecostal church, that's a Baptist church, that's a Methodist church. Instead of what God really intended was, that's the church of Jesus Christ, but not of Latter-day Saints. Because when you hear that, you just kind of like automatically, right? That's, that's God's intention. Nowhere in scriptures, and I'm even going to show you this morning, did he ever say that I want a group to be called the Baptist, and I want another group to be called the Methodist, and I want another group to be called this, and I want, no. He wanted us to be the church. So we're trying to be the most like the church we can possibly be, and that's by following this Bible letter for letter. But church, this thing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and Pentecost, and what happened on the day of Pentecost is the most fought thing in the Scriptures because the devil hates it. Why? Because this tongue right here that's in your mouth and mine, the Bible says in James is the most foul thing in your body. The most defiled thing in your body. So doesn't it make sense that God would want to take the most defiled thing in your body and sanctify it? Yes, it makes total sense. It's not weird. It's not weird that someone speaks in tongues. I've given this example before. I know we've got some guests. And by the way, if we, I don't know if we did that or not, but if we have any guests here, let's let them know they're welcome this morning. Just give them a hand. Maybe watching online for the first time. We're so glad that you're here. We know you could have chose someplace else to go, but you're here. You might be glad, wish you weren't, hadn't come, but it's too late. You're already here. Amen. But the truth is that we're here today and we're learning something that the Bible tells us. If, if your tongue is like a rudder and can move a whole boat, then if it's sanctified, what can it do? So he chose that. And Isaiah talks about, I'll speak to my people through stammering lips. So it's not that weird. How many speak Spanish in here this morning? Si yo empiezo a hablar en español, levanta la mano otra vez si habla español, somos unos 10, 15, 20 personas, la, mayoría, la, la otra gente no me entienden. Podemos hablar de ellos, podemos decir que son feos, podemos decir que son malagradecidos, podemos decir que son eh, eh, muy, muy musculosos, podemos decir muchas cosas y no entienden, ¿sí? Los que no hablan inglés no me están entendiendo. Pero estoy hablando un idioma que ustedes entienden. All you that don't speak Spanish didn't understand anything I just said. But Spanish people, can you tell them that I just talked about them? Right? Did I? Spanish people, raise your hand if I just talked about them. I wasn't mean. It's totally too mean. I was a little bit mean. I said you were ugly. I said you were, you were ungrateful. But see, that was a language that I learned. I learned Spanish. Someone taught me Spanish. I had to go to learn a language, and, then I, and now I can speak it. But the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a language from God that nobody can understand but God. Not even you. Not even you can understand it. And so there are spirits, and me and Jeff were talking about this between the there and Peter a little bit. There are spirits, demonic spirits. The reason I love to speak in tongues, and I love this, because demonic spirits can understand what I'm saying right now because this is a man-made language. English is taught. Jeff teaches English. You learn adjectives and nouns and verbs and proverbs. 
and, and, and adverbs is proverb. No, that's not a word, is it? Proverb, pronouns. Thank you. Proverbs. That's like the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, yo. That's what that is. Amen. It's not proverbs. It's proverbs. See, I can't even speak English. I actually speak better Spanish than I do English, honestly, because I understand the conjugations and I understand all the rules. I write it, I read it, and sometimes when I read Spanish from people that are not, that wasn't their first language, like me with English, they don't write, write very good. Like I don't write very good or speak very good in English. Proverb, amen. Right? Y'all following me? But that language comes from God, and it confuses the devil because, like I was telling Jeff, we could say, Jeff, me and you are going to, me and Carla are going to meet you and Patty at Roadhouse after lunch, after church. You're going to buy, amen, you're going to treat us. 1.30, we'll meet over there at the Roadhouse in um, the colony where he teaches. That's where we're going to meet lunch. If I said that to him in English, one of you guys could have been standing around and heard us talking, and you might have showed up at Roadhouse to rob us. Right? Right? Because you understood. But if I'd have said that to him in Spanish, but he doesn't speak Spanish, right? But Patty does. I could have told Patty in Spanish, and then we would get there, and he wouldn't even know where he's going because he doesn't speak Spanish. Y'all following me? So when I speak in a tongue that's from the Lord, the demons can't understand me. Because I don't even know what I'm saying. But God does. It's powerful. And that's how he intended it. Okay? And there's some tie-ins even to the Tower of Babel, how he confused people in the Tower of Babel. But what I'm really trying to get you to understand is this is from God. And it's a prayer language. And it's something that gives you a boldness. Because 1.8 says he gives it the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Okay? Now we're going to show you a quick story here in a second in the Bible that's really going to bless you. It's really going to challenge you. But before I say that, I want to throw one more thing out to kind of kill some stereotypes and some thoughts and some ideas that people have about these things. As you're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, there are going to be people who say, I don't want that. Well, trust me, you won't get it if you don't want it. You won't get it. Don't worry. And you don't have to have it to get to heaven. But I am going to tell you this. It's not a salvation thing. People who aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit are not going to miss heaven. But I am going to tell you this. With a, as a fact, after 30 years, you will not be the, the overcoming, influencing, full, full, full capacity witness that you want to be in your life without it. Okay? Do you all get that? Not a heaven or hell issue, but if you want to be the best, strongest, most powerful witness Christian you can be and get the greatest crown when you get to heaven, you need the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay? You need it. And that's why Jesus gave it, because if, if he gave it, he gave it for a reason. Now, let me give you a little more Bible. Y'all still with me? Does anybody remember what Peter did before Jesus got killed? What did Peter do? Peter denied Jesus three times. And once, is there any 12-year-old girls in here? Come here. I'm going to use you for a sec if you don't mind. Come up here and cute little thing. She's so pretty. Yes, you are. Now let, the, let everybody see you. See, she was. Do you think, I'm not being mean, do you think she could intimidate me? No. As cute as you are, I'm not scared of you. But you're very cute and very pretty. Okay? Y'all following me? I know Peter probably wasn't quite as big as me. But he denied a 12-year-old girl. Thank you. After being the same Peter, give her a hand. After being the same Peter who was going to take a, a knife and cut a soldier's ear off. 
that same Peter, just a few minutes later, denied Jesus in front of a 12-year-old. So there's Peter, weak, ashamed, but then they go to the day of Pentecost. They go to the upper room. And then they come out of the upper room, and the same Peter who denied Jesus in front of a 12-year-old stands up and preaches a bold message. You tell me what the difference was. To me, the difference was what happened on the day of Pentecost. What happened between him denying the girl three times and him preaching was the day of Pentecost. Something happened on that day of Pentecost that changed who Peter was. And it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, Pentecostal more. Go to Acts chapter 10. Give me an amen if you're there. Let me see your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles this morning, we're bringing the Bibles back. Amen. I know we don't look at them. We've got the screen. I use the screen too, but there's nothing like having the Bible in your hand. And, and I would challenge you, even if you're you know, looking at the screen and taking notes, try to find the, you know, if you know where the book is, that's fine. But if you don't, try to find it. Don't learn how to navigate this Bible. Amen. So Acts chapter 10. Now, before we read this, two happens, chapter three happens, chapter four happens, chapter five. Tell me I know it takes time to read, write chapters and live chapters. Because it wasn't like they were just writing a book. These, they were writing things that were happening. As a matter of fact, the book of Acts says the Acts of the Apostles. So the book of Acts took a long time to write because it was things happening. And our example is the book of Acts, and we want to be the most like the book of Acts that we possibly can. So three happens, four happens, five happens, six happens, Stephen comes along. How many know love Stephen? Stephen becomes the first martyr. I can't wait to meet Stephen. I can't wait to meet Stephen. I don't care about Stephen Seagal or Stephen Baldwin. I want to meet Stephen, whatever his last name was. He was the first martyr, and he now has been passed the baton of the power of the Holy Spirit because if you read 5, it says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. So he had received what they had received. Okay, And now he's preaching so much that he's going to get stoned alive. And as he's preaching, Saul, who will become Paul, is holding the garments of the people who are stoning Stephen. Can you all picture that? And we don't know it word for word at that moment, but Stephen made an influence on Paul, who was Saul. Because he said, this man died for this man, and then he later meets Jesus, okay? Then seven happens, then eight happens, then nine happens. Now we're in chapter 10. This is, some time has passed, and we pick up with a man, verse 1, named Cornelius, that was a, a, in Caesarea, who was a centurion, or a soldier, of what was called the Italian Regiment. A, here, now, I want to focus for just a minute on verse 2. How many are still here, by the way? You're not falling asleep, right? Verse 2, I want, you to, I want you to take this home. I want you to reread it. I want you to study it. I want you to spend some time on it. I could, I could preach four messages off this verse, right here. Four messages. These are characteristics of a man I want to be like. Number one, he's devout. He's, what's devout? Committed, like so many of us are. You know what? Church on Sunday mornings isn't something we do sometimes. It's what we do. We don't like not go to church. Church is what we do. Not because we're religious, but because we love Jesus. Because we're devout. 
I was telling the men on Friday, we had over 20 guys over in that fellowship hall for discipleship at 5.28 a.m. And I was telling the men as we were talking about the discipleship, I said, some of you men are learning and have already learned. Now, this is what I do on Friday mornings. I get up early and I go to discipleship. Some, some men, this is what they do now, right? We just go to outreach. We just pay tithes. We just pray. We just, there's just things we do. It's just who we are and it's what we do. That's devout. It's not something you do once. It's not something you do twice. It's something you do all the time because you're devout. You're devoted. He's, and then, number two, he fears God. Let me tell you something. The fear of God take you a long ways. And this is a thing that the church, that the church and the world needs more of today. Because people who don't fear God and get on a cross and mess around with that and mock the cross don't fear God. It's interesting to me in that video how someone can say that they believe in Satan, but they don't believe in God. She should have just said, I'm stupid. Honestly. Oh, I, I, we, I'm Satan, pride, and gay pride, and this pride, and that. God, no, I don't believe in him. Some people just, in Spanish, calladita más bonita. You look better with your mouth shut. That's what that says, right? Some people, it would be better just not say anything at all. So he's devout. He fears God. He gives alms generously. In other words, he's a giver. He, so like so many people in this church, we, we, we give to the man who preaches. We give to the, our tithes and offerings. We give to missions. We give to the building fund. When there's a need, we give. We just trust God that as we give, it's just going to keep on coming because he's a God of covenant. His, this man was a giver. And finally, he prayed all the time. See all those amazing characteristics? We should read that once a month. We should go read that verse and say, I want to be like that. Continuing, verse 3. And then it says, about the ninth hour, that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he has a vision. And he sees an angel of God coming in, and he says, Cornelius, how many know that God knows your name? How many are thankful God knows your name? Amen. And your name, by the way, is the only thing you can take to heaven. You can't take your car, your house. can't even take your spouse. only thing you can take to heaven is your name. Your name's been given to you, Cornelius, your name, and that name gets put in the Lamb's book of life when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that will be what keeps you in heaven because if you didn't know it, everyone's going to go to heaven for a minute. You're going to stand on the judgment seat. And then you'll either stay or you'll go. Okay? So he says he observed him and he was afraid. And he says, what is it, Lord? And he says, your prayers, this is, this is the verse, this is the, this is the title right here. Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial. Leave this up there for a second, before God. How many would like your life and your prayers to be a memorial to God? I mean, in other words, it's something that he remembers. So you don't get a memorial before God by doing a prayer once or going to church once, or witnessing once, or giving once. He, these is, this is a man who is doing something devoutly. He, it's who he is. Don't, you don't even need to nod or raise your hand, but I believe everyone in here wants to be devout to where it's just like, my life belongs to Jesus. Everything I am and who I want to be is for Jesus. That should be our, that's how Cornelius was. But the problem is, 
Cornelius didn't know Jesus yet. Does anybody in here know somebody right now, I know some, who are really, really good people, but they don't know Jesus? Now, when I say good, I'm not saying the biblical good, because there is no good. We understand that. Well, pastor said that. No, I'm saying, like, in, in our terms of moral, they're giving, they're nice, they're kind, good people. Anybody know someone like that? That's going to go to hell without Jesus. Because lots of good people are going to go to hell without Jesus. And lots of bad people, in the world's terms, are going to go to heaven because of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'm one of him. I'm a bad person. I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. And before I met the person who told me about Jesus, who was filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness to witness to me, I, I was like Cornelius. I knew God was real. I feared God but I didn't know Jesus. And so Cornelius needs Peter. And so he is in this verse, and he's taking his prayers up, and God says, Cornelius needs Peter. But Peter needs Jesus, and Peter's the one that's going to tell him about it. Okay? So without reading a lot of verses, I'm going to read a few more. We'll go to five real quick so I can push through this. He says, send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He was lodging with Simon, and this is, the, what, this is a picture of what's, what the gift of knowledge is. God is so specific. He says, go to the guy Simon, who is a tanner, whose house is by the sea, and he'll tell you what you must do. God has somebody for that person you're praying for today. You're praying for that brother, that sister, that mom, that dad. God has someone to reach him. you got to pray for that person, for that Peter. Okay? And it says, when the angel spoke and they departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. He had servants. And, he, and when he explained all these things, he says, go to Joppa and get this man, Peter. Now, for time, I'm not going to read the next, like, 15 or 20 verses, but here's what happened. Peter has a vision that most of us are very, well, we should all be thankful, but some are more thankful than others. Who likes bacon? If you like bacon, you love Peter's vision. Peter had to kill two birds with one stone. Peter sees this vision. He sees a bunch of four-legged animals coming down from the sky, and he's a Jewish man, and he can't eat pork or shrimp. And so as these things are coming down, he has this vision, and he says, ooh, and God says, rise, kill, and eat. So one thing is, that's when Jews at that moment now under the cross Jesus Christ, because he came to fulfill the law, gives the people who are believers that can eat anything. The Bible says as long as you eat it with thanksgiving in your heart, you can eat it. Now, here's now just to throw out a disclaimer. There's some things we shouldn't eat. Bacon is something you shouldn't eat too much. Okay? Right? Y'all with me? <laughs> Mike's like, eh. I'm just saying it's pigs, not the cleanest animal in the world, okay? But the truth is we can eat whatever we want. So th there's people that make religious things, but he's having a physical and a spiritual revelation. The most important part is, I'm just thankful for the pig and the bacon. The most important part, important part because I like to eat food, if you haven't noticed, is he says now, now not just us Jews can be saved, but now the Gentiles can be saved. Amen? Also, some of you are like, oh, that's cool. Cool for them Gentiles. 
How many Gentiles do I have in here this morning? Let me see your hand if you're a Gentile. All right. So if you didn't raise your hand, you must be Jewish. Or you didn't know. You didn't know. There's only two types of people in the world, Jewish or Gentiles. So if you're not Jewish descent, you weren't born from a Jewish family of Jewish blood, you are a Gentile. So God says, I came first to, to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And I am personally very thankful that he came for me. And that Peter had this vision. And that Cornelius, I was the Cornelius, and I needed a Peter. Is anybody else in here a Cornelius that needed a Peter? Whether you raise your hand or not, you are. Today, you might be a Cornelius, or you might already be a Peter. If you're saved, you're a Peter. Or you're a Peter, Peter woman, amen? You're a man or woman. You're, you're supposed to go tell people about Jesus, okay? I love being in Texas. You can say anything, right? <laughs> I am more educated than I speak sometimes, or maybe I'm not. I just don't want to leave the women out because you're very important. Y'all with me? I haven't lost you, right? So he has this vision, and now we're going to finish with when he gets to the house, Peter preaches to, his, to the house. I don't know how many people are in the house, but it's Cornelius' family. And he walks in there, and he preaches. I don't know how, I don't know how he preached, but he preached. Okay? And let's pick up at the end here. We're going to close right here at 44. This is important. Go read later the message. All the times that, that Stephen preached and Peter preached and all these people preached, they were just talking about what had happened in the Old Testament and why the cross was necessary for now and why Jesus came. And so he says, while he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. We say that in the Lord, fall in this service. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, wind, blow through this place. Holy Spirit, let it rain in this place. Like we, we use these terms because they're in the Bible. Okay? Let, 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 let this place shake, like Acts 4.31. And so he's preaching, and now it's a, f- a house full of Cornelius' family that are not saved and have never heard Jesus. And now they're getting faith, and the Holy Spirit falls on them. And it says it fell on a few of them. Who did it fall on? Look at the screen. All who heard the word. Let me just tell you, not everybody gets the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's for everybody. And those of the circumcision, that's Jewish, who believed, because Peter had some guys with him, and they were like, whoa, those dudes are Gentiles. And they got the same spirit we did. And it says, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And that's us. And how did they know? Take that off for just a second, Julie. How did they know they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because they started doing cartwheels. Because they started jumping up and down. Because they started shaking. Because they started, what, what was the, what? How did they know? How do I know if I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, I think I have. I feel like I got the Spirit in me. But how do you know? Put it back up. How do I know? For they heard them speak with tongues. See how clear that is? Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't say anything else. For they heard. That's why we believe the church you come to, you don't have to believe it. 
But scripturally, we believe that the evidence for being baptized in the Holy Spirit is you speak in tongues. What is the evidence that you've been baptized in water? Can you imagine somebody might be taking them to the cuckoo house. Someone says, after a baptism, man, I got baptized today. Woo! And they're totally dry. That was an experience. Are you with me? Can you, what would you do if you looked at someone and man, that baptism was nice. I feel so refreshed. I feel clean. And you're looking at them and everybody else is dripping and they're dry. Something would be missing, right? How do I know I'm baptized in water? Water. You're wet. How do I know I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit? Tongues. There's not four or five things there. And then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water? And then he, hey, these people need to get baptized in water. That these two should not be, that these should not be baptized. Who have received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very important. Y'all still here? I can feel that you're here. I can feel you're tuned in right now. How did they know they had received it? They just looked at them and they just looked different? No, they heard them speak with tongues. So speaking in tongues is outward. You can't speak in tongues in your mind. It's something you can hear. I didn't say that in the first service. God's showing something here to somebody. It's very important. Go back one verse, two verses, one more. And those who were of the circumcision believed and were astonished astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know they had gotten the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because they heard them speak in tongues. Amen? So bow your heads this morning. Close your eyes. Today, the most important thing is not that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That you trust that the Lord is your Lord and Savior and that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. How many all across this place, listening to the power of the Holy Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit speak to you, your name's not in the book this morning. That's the most important thing. It, it's, Jesus is not going to ask when you get to heaven, what denomination are you a part of? Are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you Episcopalian? Are you Pentecostal? Are you this? Are you Catholic? He's going to say, is your name in the book? God will look at his son Jesus and he will say, son, is their name in the book? And Jesus will say, father, Juan confessed to me as his Lord and Savior. His name is in the book. Blake confessed me and believed on me and was not ashamed of me. And, I, and his name's in the book. But if you have never put your faith, belief, trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for your sins as a sinner only by grace, not because you're a good person, not because you walked the lady across the street, not because you gave, not because you prayed, not be- because you believed in Jesus Christ, 
Jesus will put your name in the book of life. And if you have not done that, and if your faith is in a denomination, if your faith is in a membership card, if your faith is in Satan, if your faith is in religion, if your faith is in anything else than Jesus Christ, because he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes unto me except by the Father. The Father accept through me. If you if you have put your faith in anything else, God will say, "Son is his or her name in the book," and Jesus will say, "I never knew them. Depart from me, doer of iniquity." God forbid this morning that any pl- person in this place would hear those words, because you have been presented the gospel. Today, how many all over this congregation, watching online, listening on the podcast, this, this could be your last chance to ever sit in a service. Ever. The Holy Spirit's here and he's speaking. I'm taking a little time here. This is important. As, you're, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're in the Spirit and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, if you can just remember back for just a second to that video we watched and you saw the, the, the New York church, you probably didn't notice it, but I'll help you because it happened really fast. But there was a, a guy in that small congregation with a hat on, a black guy with a hat on and a cross on, who last week at 40-something years old just died of a heart attack. Just, just like that passed into eternity. Thank God he was in that church because that was his last Sunday. I hope and pray that his heart was right with God because, again, you don't become a Christian just by coming to church. You become a Christian by believing and understanding that Jesus took your place. How many people in this place this morning, if you died right now, would not go to heaven, are not sure that your name's in the Lamb's book of life, and you want to be saved, you want to put your faith in Jesus today, would say, Pastor, this is my hand. Pray for me. Just lift it up and put it right back down. All over this place. Just lift it up. Put it right back down. I see your hand. How many more? Quickly. I see your hand. How many more? I, 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 I have not. Here's the thing. I have not confessed Jesus publicly. I've not told people. I believe. He says, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my father. But if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father that's in heaven. The reason we're about to do what we're about to do is if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come to the front of this church, not to embarrass you, but for you can make a public confession that Jesus Christ is your Lord. If you confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father. If you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. As we stand this morning, there's a great presence of the Lord here. His presence is here this morning to save. His presence is here this morning to heal. His presence is here this morning to fill people with His glory and His power and His Holy Spirit. And we're... We've made this atmosphere this morning to receive right now, to receive what we need. I saw several hands went up, but maybe, and we're going to pray with those that are watching online in a second, and, and live stream, we're not going to shut off like we normally do today, okay? Just let it keep going. Normally we don't do the altar call. 
and it has nothing to do with who's going to get saved. That's, I just have a different reason. Um, your hands were raised, but I'm, I want to speak. I've, I do this from time to time when the Holy Spirit tells me. I want to speak to someone that's here this morning that you believe, you believe, but you've never left your seat and made a public confession of your faith. I want the world to know. And again, it's straight Bible. Why do I do it? Because Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. In other words, you may never get a chance to confess God, but every service when you come to this church, you're going to get a chance to confess him. You're going to come forward and you're going to say, I want everybody to know Jesus Christ is my Lord. For two reasons. One, because he says to do it. And two, if you can't do it in a church, how are you going to live for Jesus out in the world? You can't, oh, I'm going to be bold, man. I'm going to go do all these great, no, you, you won't even stand up in front of church people and say, I believe in Jesus. See, I'm not the strongest person in the world, but I'm telling you, if I had this microphone right now at AT&T Stadium, I would say everything I said this morning, God is my witness. I might go to jail, I might get shot, I might get killed, but I don't care. Doesn't mean I wouldn't be afraid going to jail or getting shot or getting killed, but I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And I would say, I wish I had the microphone at AT&T Stadium one time. Because I would give the same altar call, and I would ask the same people to come forward and, and proclaim Jesus. So right now, those that raise their hands, I want you to come. But maybe you're here, and the Lord's speaking to you. And it may have been 50 years ago. It may have been 20 years ago. You've never made a public confession of Jesus Christ. I want you to come down here this morning. Those that raised your hands, and those that have never made a public confession. Come on down. All over this place. Come on. Amen. All over this place. How many more? You've never made a public confession. God knows if you have or you haven't. I want everyone to see it. Amen. Sometimes we have people like David serving in places. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that everybody knows. Amen. We know you're saved. We want everybody to know. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now we're going to say this simple prayer, and it's simple, because all we have to do is believe. I've, I've, I've learned this more and more as I've been saved longer and longer. Jesus just wants our heart. He just wants our faith. That's all he wants, just simple belief. We can't add, and, and we all do this, we add to the cross. We like, Jesus is everything I need, but, can't but. I have a message I preach called Jesus plus nothing. It's just Jesus. And today, you're making public confessions. I know, I know some of you, I know you're saved, but you're making a public confession. I want everybody to know I believe in Jesus. The day I got saved, my message was hell. I needed hell. I'm one of those ones that needed to see hell. Not everybody does. Some people need to see the amazing, wonderful, loving grace of God. I needed hell. I needed to see the flames of fire to scare me. And, and the, day, the day that I got saved, I ran to the altar before the guy was even done preaching. Because I'm like, I'm done running from God. And I stayed at that altar for three hours. That doesn't make me any better than anybody else. It just means that night was the night I said, God, I'm not playing games no more. I want everybody to know. You know, as we're talking back to the beginning of the service, everybody's so bold with their wickedness today. Yet the Christians are so weak. Amen? 
Everybody's right in your face about what they want to, how they want to live. And, but Christians are, this is where Christians need to be bold and say, listen, you feel that way. Here's how I feel. And at the end of the day, let's see who's right. Because right's right and wrong's wrong. Amen. Look what the Holy Spirit did today. Look at all these people confessing Jesus publicly. Amen. And by the way, I promise that's not why the live stream's still on. I promise. It has nothing to do with this part. There's just certain times I feel like the, the live stream should go. I, I, I shut it off most of the time because I want this to be a private moment, and I, and I kind of want people that are home to miss not being here. I want them to be like, ah, I missed the altar call. But today I feel like leaving it on. Let's, let's say a prayer. That guy on the cross just looked over at Jesus, and he said, would you, would you remember me today? And I, I have to say this, too. I know we're going a little bit longer. It's okay. God's doing something. I heard this. I said it a few months ago. It's one of the coolest stories ever. They're like, you know, the whole Peter Gate thing? Up at the gates. I don't, that's not really biblical that Peter's going to be at the gates, but everybody talks about it. So the thief on the cross gets up there. And they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm, on, I'm the thief that was on the cross. And he tells this whole story, and, and it can be said better, but the basic idea is like, how did you get in here? I mean, we, we saw you mocking Jesus on the cross a few minutes ago. How in the world are you here? Like, what are you doing here? And this whole, whole thing goes on, and the thief finally just says, that guy on the cross told me I could come. That's it. The guy on the cross told me I could come. That's it. You just believe that the guy on the cross said I could come. That's it. No baptism, no ties, no church membership. Just he looked over and he said, you're the one. And, and he had been mocking Jesus just a few minutes earlier, the Gospels tell us. If you're Jesus, why don't you come off that cross and save us? And all of a sudden, he had a moment and he said, I have to put my faith in here. I'm going to go to hell. And it wasn't like a fire insurance thing. It's like, he's the one I've been looking for. And that's what Jesus wants to do today. You just say, he's the guy on the cross. Maybe that's all you know is the guy on the cross. You don't even know his name. He told me I could come. Have that kind of faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you, the one on the cross, that you died on the cross for me. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I am a sinner. And according to your word, I fall short of your glory every day. But I also believe your word that says you're the way and the truth and the life. Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean with your precious blood. Cleanse me right now from all my sins and all my unrighteousness. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you, to glorify you. I'm going to learn your word, and I'm going to live according to it. Change me today, and please write my name in the Lamb's book of life as I confess you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's get Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.